This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty, beautiful Blessed one gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinner, list to the loving call, wonderful words of life. Also freely given, wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words, wonderful wonderful words of life beautiful words wonderful words wonderful words of life sweetly echo the gospel call wonderful words of life offer pardon and peace to all wonderful words of life soul 
this glorious thought My sin not in part but the whole Is nailed to the cross And I bear it no more Praise the Lord, praise the Lord for my soul It is well with my soul It is well, it is well with my soul And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trumps shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my it is, well it is well with my soul. With my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, Eileen Flatten, our reader and provider of the children's message. And of course, our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio, 93.1 FM, and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577 by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's broadcast and sponsors Tom and Lori Overby in memory of Laurel Flatten and Ted Hine. Next week we will be at Deronda Lutheran and then when February 14th comes around, we'll start our Lenten uh, series with Ash Wednesday and continuing on through Easter. We also want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. 
that would hopefully enhance your worship space. You also would want to have wine or grape juice if you want to join us for communion. And also Bibles for you or for any kids there for the sermon text. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God and to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Let us confess together our sins and hear the words of forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. Guiding God, we have failed to follow you as we ought. We have not reached out to our neighbors with the selfless and sacrificial love you modeled for us. We have caused harm to others and your creation by our actions and by our unwillingness to act. Forgive us our sins and lead us back onto the path you have trod for the sake of others. So I declare to you in Christ, God meets us where we are and as we are, and for his sake, God makes us whole and holy. Go forth to follow Jesus in the knowledge that your sins are forgiven. We'll now continue with the gathering songs. Children of the Heavenly Father, safely in His bosom gather, nestling bird nor star in heaven, such a refuge it was given. God His own doth tend and nourish, in His holy courts they flourish, from all evil things he spares them, in his mighty arms he bears them. Neither life nor death shall ever from the Lord his children sever. Unto them his grace he showeth, and their sorrows Every hour 
protect me by thy power. Hear my feeble plea. O Lord, look down on me as I kneel in prayer. I hope to meet you there. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Let me travel in the light divine that I may see the blessed way. Keeps me that I may be holy thine and sing redemption song someday. I will be a soldier brave and true and ever firmly take a stand as I onward go and daily meet the foe blessed Jesus hold my hand Jesus hold my hand I need thee every hour through Protect me by thy power. Hear my feeble plea. Oh Lord, look down on me as I kneel in prayer. I hope to meet you there. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. When I wander through the valley dim toward the setting of the sun Leads me safely to a land of rest If I a crown of life have won I have put my faith here, Lord, in thee that I may reach that golden strand There's no friend on whom I can depend. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Jesus, hold my hand. I like you every hour through this pilgrim land. Protect me by thy We are so weary and worn down by the stresses of the world. We are sick in body, mind, and spirit. Jesus comes among us, but perhaps he is too busy to help. His mission is to save the entire world. Is our need enough? Perhaps if we just reach out and touch the hem of his robe. Jesus turns to us and we are truly seen. His love surrounds us and enfolds us. We are beloved, and we are made whole. 
Jesus will always stop whatever he is doing to be with us in our pain and our grief. Jesus will always see us, hold us, and heal us. Mother in God, high and low, rich and poor, healthy and ailing, joyous and sorrowful, we come to you knowing that in you is rest and restoration. Quiet our spirits that we might be open to receive your blessings in word and meal for our own good and for the good of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the Trinity formula. Be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn uh, with us and follow along with the Scripture readings. The first reading is from Psalm 131. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. The Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 5 verses 21 through 43. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came and when he saw him fell at his feet and begged him repeated me, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they had said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make such commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother 
and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Tal ith kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up, began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Well, good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message, or as I like to say, for all of us who are still children at heart. I have a question for you. What is something that was difficult for you to learn and took you lots of tries before you were able to get it right? Were you always able to tie your shoes? Could you always ride a bike? How about walking or talking or even eating with a fork, spoon, and knife? Because you didn't give up or quit, you can now do those things, right? You keep at it, right? Well done for keeping at it until you learned how to do it. In today's scripture story, we see that Jesus is just like you. He doesn't give up either. But there were several times when he could have quit. First, a father is asking Jesus to heal his daughter. That's not an easy thing to do, but Jesus agrees to help. But trying to get to the father's house proves difficult because there's so many people surrounding Jesus. Jesus could have quit right then, but he keeps moving towards the father's house. During this journey, a woman who is sick touches Jesus and she's cured. But Jesus wants to know who touched him. His disciples are like, what a weird question. Everyone is touching you. But Jesus doesn't give up here either. He keeps asking who touched him. The woman finally stepped forward to says, it was me. Jesus then tells the woman that her faith has healed her and to go in peace. This is an important part of her healing and Jesus knows it, which is why he didn't stop asking questions about who touched him. While this was happening, news arrived that the father's daughter had died. The people then tell Jesus to give up, turn around, quit. But Jesus doesn't listen to them. He doesn't give up. Jesus continues. He eventually makes it to the father's house, and once he's there, he brings the daughter back to life. The reason that Jesus does not give up in this story is because the first thing Jesus does and then keeps doing is focus his attention on God. And because he keeps his attention on God, Jesus keeps receiving God's spirit and God's healing love, which he then must share with the people around him, even when the things that are happening are not easy things. You know, we live in a world where there's a lot of need for God's spirit and healing love. There is so much need, in fact, that we might feel like the world is asking for too much and that we should just give up. Which is why today's story is such a good reminder for us to focus on God and what God gives instead of focusing on all the things that are being asked for. Just like Jesus kept paying attention to God, so too can we keep paying attention to God. And when we keep paying attention to God, then we'll be able to keep receiving and sharing God's love and spirit with those around us, just like Jesus did in today's story. Well, that's the good news for today. Could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer? Dear God, thank you for Jesus, who never stopped paying attention to you and teaches us how to do the same. Thank you and amen. People were standing in line to meet 
them come, let them come, let the children come to me. I have time, I have time, said the Savior tenderly. Let them come, let them come, please don't send them away. I have time, let them come, let them stay. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every race, they are covered by His grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus calls His children dear, come to me and never fear, for I love the little children of the world. I will take you by the hand, lead you to the better land. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every race, they are covered by His grace. Jesus loves the little children of the And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. If you go back a number of years, many of us remember good old old Jay Simpson running through the airport. Uh, and of course, he had the ability to jump through and over and around trying to get to that flight. And in the narrative, it speaks about that as they share what the theme is for this Sunday. So they ask the question, have you ever run, had to run through an airport? Maybe you hit traffic on the drive-in. Maybe the security line took longer than you had expected. Maybe the airline switched gates on you last minute and you had to haul your luggage across an entire terminal, jumping on the moving beltways when you could and straining your ears to make sure you heard your new letter and number combination correctly. However it happens, squeezing through the door and into your hopefully window seat right before boarding closes always brings a rush of gratitude and relief, a letting go of all the stress and logistics you know you'd have to deal with if you had missed this flight and had to work out an alternative. This story in Mark has a definite running through the airport feeling about it. It's saturated with suspense, and that's because this story is actually two stories. We open on Jairus begging Jesus to come heal his daughter who is on the brink of death. Time is of essence here. They have a healthy distance to cover to get to Jairus's house, and they can't escape the crowds pressing in on Jesus, trying to talk to him, trying to hear from him, and undoubtedly asking him for the miracles his public ministry had started to make common knowledge. So they're moving, but not as quickly as they could be. We automatically begin to wonder, are they going to make it? All of a sudden, Jesus stops in his tracks. He feels that someone has touched him. He senses some kind of power bleeding out from his body. He turns to the crowds to ask who's responsible, and his disciples respond as if he's crazy. 
There are so many people here, they say. You'll never be able to figure it out. Why would you even ask? Perhaps what they were really trying to say was, can't we do this later? You have a little girl to save. Let's go. But the guilty party comes forward. The woman who had touched them, him, of Jesus' gar garment admits it and gives Jesus a bit of her backstory to build her case. The text says that she tells him the whole truth. And Jesus takes the time to listen to her, to reassure her, to affirm her and to care for her and formally name a new chapter for her. Now, it's not the disciples who are feeling rushed. It's us as readers. There's a nice and all, but why are we getting distracted from our mission? Why are we taking time for anyone but Jairus's daughter? If we were in the airport right now, we'd definitely be missing our flight. And that's exactly what happens. Jesus hasn't even finished speaking with this woman who grabbed his cloak from when a handful of town leaders find Jairus, inform him that it's too late. His daughter has died. Then Jesus gaslights the crowd. What do you mean, he says? She's not dead, she's just sleeping. He takes her hand and tells her to get up, and she does just that, seemingly healed of everything that has kept her bedridden all this time. The characters of this passage were living with stressors much more intense than a flight schedule. Jairus had a sick kid, sick kid, and this unnamed woman had suffered from a life-altering hemorrhage for 12 whole years. Their desperation drove them to frenetic impulse, encounters with Jesus, encounters where they were on the edge, encounters where their faith was on the edge, the visual of the hem of Jesus' cloak, the very edge of Jesus' person, is so beautiful to ruminate on here. And in both cases, that impulse is what brought healing. That impulse is what brought new life. Even if Jairus and this unnamed woman weren't confident in their asks of Jesus, they asked anyway. And if it was their asking that did something, it was their faith that brought wellness. In both many stories that makes up this greater one, the end result is great. The unnamed woman is healed of her disease and Jerry's daughter is brought back to life. But make Jesus makes sure we understand that these miracles are about the journey and not the destination. Our great news this morning is that it finds us doesn't look, have to look pretty. Faith doesn't have to be composed. Faith can be visceral and messy and erratic. Faith can be desperate and awful. Faith can be grasping at straws and teetering on the edge because with a God as loving and merciful as ours, faith on, on the edge is faith enough. When we read our stories in the scriptures, we need to keep thinking about what people were going through. What, what they were actually feeling as, as best we can. I can't feel what it's like to have someone uh, who has lost a child 
As many of us know, that's one of our fears. But let's go to the women first. Some of us know what it's like to all of a sudden lose insurance. We've been working hard to get an illness covered and all the funds are gone and nothing is helping and we need more medicine, we need more doctor's help, and they're not doing anything that can make us better. And then when it gets to be something like 12 years, like for this woman, it must have been an awful helpless feeling as, what do I do? How can I get rid of this thing? Desperate would be a good term for her. And then she hears of Jesus. She takes a risk. Or think of Jairus, who immediately meets Jesus as he gets off the boat, and he's right away saying, Time is of essence. My daughter is very, very sick. She is dying. I would love to trade places with her, but I can't. Don't we feel helpless when our kids get sick? We would love to trade places, but we can't. And then there's that waiting. Can we get there in time? Can, can the right medicine, can the doctor heal this person? And we don't always get good news on this. But he'd heard about Jesus too. And so he moves quickly and as fast as he can and repeatedly asks Jesus for help. You see, they both had one last hope to grasp, and that was Jesus. Not just a wish, but a confident trust. A faith that says Jesus can do. I'd like to share from a story, though, that kind of, again, hits that desperate feeling. It's by Judy Highland. She writes in the book, In the Shadow of the Rising Sun, World War II, she was on her way to China to be a missionary. And she was... Uh, captured by the Japanese along with a lot of other missionaries and people and was kept in a concentration camp from uh, 1941 to 1945. They suffered so much and there were so much intolerable things that happened. So I wanted to share a little bit of what she had to say about one of the times in her life there. I thought the decision to become a missionary would change my nature. It didn't. In fact, in Baguio concentration camp, my faults were augmented many times over. I would wake up in the morning only to have a woman in the next bunk complain, you certainly were restless last night. And then smell of bacon and eggs and coffee, someone was cheating and feasting from his little private cachet while we were in to dine on rice and syrup and corn coffee. Before I had my clothes on, I was already out of sorts with the world. The prospect of three hours in school and two hours of slushing around in deep mud trying to convert an old pig pen into a garden did not enhance my rest, zest for living. I had to force myself to read the Bible. I'd rather lie down with a novel, especially if it mentioned food. Then something happened that brought my doubts and frustrations to a climax. For a long time in a bunk near us was Lydia, who was suffering from asthma. 
She was a believer in Christian science, and sometimes she sought solace by reading the Mary Baker, Eddie lessons with fellow Christian scientists. She also frequently joined our little group in Bible study and prayer sessions. Often at night when she was having difficulty with breathing, she would call, Judy, please come and pray for me. I would fold her hand and pray until she felt more comfortable. She would also ask me to read from the Bible. At those times, she always requested a story of one of Jesus' miracles from the Gospels. Early in the third year of internment, she became so ill that she was moved to the hospital. We saw her often there, and one night Esther came to the hospital with her Bible, and Lydia again asked to read the story of a miracle. Esther refused. She said, tonight I want to read the story of the cross. I don't want to hear that gory tale, Lydia said, turning her face to the wall. Esther spoke of our need for the redemption, one on the cross, but there was no response, so Esther left. Two or three nights later, Lydia died in her sleep. Her body was prepared, a box was made, and we buried her service on the hill above the camp. I should have been crushed by this experience. We had been close friends in camp, and our last encounter had been a dismal failure, but something had happened to my emotions. My heart was stony cold. My head told me that this was tragic and this leave-taking with Lydia was sad, but my heart did not respond. After the burial, as we were descending the hills, a friend came running to meet us with the news. Judy, we just got a lump of sugar. This was a raw, unrefined sugar, which could be cooked up into a candy. The anticipation of having this candy brought tears of joy, tears over a lump of sugar, but none for a friend who had died so alone. Suddenly I was revolted by what I had become. I hated myself, and I was sure God could no longer love me either. I went out to a ledge in the corner near the fence, and there I wept bitterly. I told God I am no longer your child, much less missionary. I don't even care anymore. I, didn't, I find the Bible boring. I can't sense your presence when I pray, and it all seems like delusion. Then God spoke to me clearly, unmistakably. The legend which I was sitting overlooked the lush green rice paddies like a green staircase down to the China Sea, shining faintly in the distance. All around were the magnificent Baguio Mountains. God was there. He came to me with words of a song learned from childhood. Wide, wide is the ocean, high as the heavens above. Deep, deep as the deepest sea is my Savior's love. I, though so unworthy, still am a child of his care. For his word teaches me that his love reaches me everywhere. It seemed to me as if God's love came bounding out of the China Sea, up those gleaning rice paddies to the ledge where I sat. The towering mountains, the blue sky above, the shining sea below, all spoke of God's unlimited, unconditional love. His love had reached me. I had no scrap of virtue with which to earn his love. Nothing, no nothing in my hand could I bring. 
Then I remembered my baptism when I was a helpless bit of human flesh, prone to disobedience and unbelief, God had made me his own, called me by name, given me all the gifts of his grace, eternal life, forgiveness, security, hope. That was a glimpse into the mystery of God's grace. I had spoken the phrases before and at times I had been deeply stirred, but also at times doubts in my own sinfulness had robbed me of the assurance and joys. Now I was overwhelmed by the grace of God and raised to new life. That was the beginning of a new walk in grace. Now I'd like to have Jim and Deb come up and sing that song that she remembered, Wide, Wide is the Ocean. We used to sing that song a lot in, at camp and other places, uh, and it was an action song, and I have to admit, a lot of times, because it was an action song, people got more into the actions than they did the words. But today, it, it hit very hard as I listened uh, or read what she experienced at that time, and what a beautiful, beautiful song it is that is that God will reach us wherever we are and will love us. Another little uh, reading from Gerhard Frost that I would like to share uh, talks again about how we need to hope to be uh, faith, people of faith, rely on the promises that we get in baptism or from the promises of scripture where it brings wholeness and where we are not ever left out. I stood on a summit today as I read John 17, Christ's high priestly prayer. I knew he had left me far behind. I felt shut out, but loved. Like a tiny child, I waited and wondered, listen, while our Savior prayed for them, for you and me, for us. Holy Father, keep them that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. Sanctify them in thy truth that they may all be one. Memory carries me back to the time when I was the littlest, back in the chilly mornings when I'd creep into my mother's bed while father stirred the embers. I'd lay my restless head on her soft arm, but her lips were moving and she didn't look at me. I'd know that she was praying. I wouldn't talk, I'd be so very still. I felt shut out, but loved. Shut out? No, never. Not really, not rejected. I knew she was getting ready, preparing for her day, and that included me. So also when our Savior prays, we're in his day, this day, full of grace. He prays for us, his loved ones, 
and we are not shut out. Like Jairus and the 12-year-old girl that was raised, like the woman with the hemorrhage, and with the saints down through the ages, we are loved, and that is enough. Amen. I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day I don't borrow from its sunshine For its skies may turn to gray I don't worry o'er the future Now, if you would join us in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the Church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Bountiful God, you provide us with every good thing that we need to have in life and have it abundantly. With gratitude, we return to you the small portion of your gifts that you might use them for your holy work in this community and beyond.
Amen. We want to remember our members in prayer who need in need of comfort, healing, and wellness. So please hold these dear friends in your prayers. Cheryl Flatten, Connie Dillon, Kelsey Zamuda, Ron Lee, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Jim Wade, Helen Erickson, and Ron Wilson, Scott Morgan, Jim Curtis, Randy Goglin and Ida Martinson, Helen Jorgensen, Shirley Lentz, Viola Haugerud, Dave Christensen, Dean Muse, Vern Lee, Jean Hoisington, Haylin Hoisington, Pete and Diane Fall, Mary Greiser, Marie Fredrickson, Clara Garish, Lenore Olson, and the Fowler family. I'd like to continue with communion. In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, broken for you. After supper, he took the cup, and when he'd given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This is my new covenant, my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen.
yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Lord Jesus, for this I most humbly entreat. I wait, blessed Lord, at thy crucified feet. By faith for my cleansing, I see thy blood flow. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Lord Jesus, thou seest, I patiently wait. Come now and within me a new heart create. To those who have sought thee, thou never said no. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow. Now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Be not dismayed, Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amber, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time.